0: This. This.
1: This. This is, is Mythical.
0: Earbiscus is supported by Apartments.com. if you're looking for an apartment,
1: you know, there's, you should get in touch with what it is that you can get most excited about. Maybe that's an apartment with a balcony mm. or windows that face a sunset. Oh, I mean, if you're really gonna get into thinking about it, cause you are gonna live there. Hardwood floors in the kitchen, maybe
0: well apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. They have
1: powerful tools like amenity filters to make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need like in-unit washer, dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, Balcony.
0: No, oh, did you say balcony? Did you say elevator? Oh. Some people love a good elevator. Or save searches. You can favorite the listings that stood out to you so that you can revisit them and won't lose what could be an amazing future home.
1: I, I like the idea of like one of those things that's usually on top of a barn that says what direction the wind's
0: blowing. Oh, a wind uh, thing, thing. With a rooster. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That. Visit com. the place to find a place.
0: Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Rhett.
1: And I'm Link. This week at the Round Table of Dim Lighting, we're celebrating and we're looking back on 2,000
0: episodes. 2,000 years. 2,000 episodes of Good Mythical
1: Morning. Now we recently surpassed, our two thousandth episode of the show, and of course, you should watch the two thousandth episode because, as of the recording of this podcast, we have yet to record that um, episode. So technically, we don't know
0: if we even made it to two thousand.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: I mean, something <laughs> could go wrong in, between here and now. This is here anti- and then. This is anticipatory. But
1: um, I, you know, if it does happen, maybe it'll be emotional. It'll certainly be um, special. So. Um, you know, w- watch that to get the full experience of 2000 episodes by watching the 2000th episode.
0: So, we and- wanted to reflect on 2000 episodes through your perspectives and also our perspective as well. So, we. We put the question out on the internet. A lot can change over 2,000 episodes. Let us know how you have experienced the evolution of GMM and how you have evolved along with it over the years. You might get a shout out on Ear Biscuits. Uh, we're gonna be shouting More out, than a shout out many of you guys. Thanks for all your responses,
1: for following us on Twitter, at Mythical, and using hashtag Ear Biscuits to converse about episodes and to, to help us know how to talk about this stuff. Um, What's wrong with your phone? I
0: just needed to put it on. You're do, sleeping. Do not disturb. I get disturbed so much.
1: So we. I don't want to. You know. Well, I get disturbed twice as much as you. Mm-hmm.
0: Because you have glasses? Well, I don't understand. But I'm just. I'm. I'm sensitive to disturbances. Oh. Um, Except when sleeping. So yeah. So we're gonna read your responses, but then you know discuss those, but also kind of talk about how we, we're talking about different aspects of the way that you can kind of. Contemplate the 2,000 episodes and the evolution of GMM from your perspective, and then we will then add our perspective and how things have changed for us, yeah. our lives, our perspective on the show, etc. Um, but let's look at the present
1: first. Yeah. I just want to make sure: how, Are you okay? Because I know you've been you've been
0: abandoned by your family. Yes. Well, before I tell you about how I've been faring by myself, I do want to remind you: Oh, all the episodes. Of Ronstadt are out. are out right now. So, a lot of people, when I, as I'm recording this, you know, not all the episodes are out. And and what I see is people are like, man, I wish I could get all the episodes. Like I just finished that fifth episode, and man, I I, you, I gotta wait a week. Well, if you've procrastinated, or if you've just thought. I'm just not really into scripted podcasts. I don't like the sound of that. I don't wanna do that. Whatever your voice is that is when you talk about why you're not listening to Ronstadt, I'm sure it would be annoying to me. What I want you to do now (laughs) is I want you to go and listen and you can binge the whole daggum
1: thing. Yeah, because if you don't like it, you can just get it over with. Because you do need to listen to the whole thing, even if you don't like it. Uh, So yes. Thanks for all the positive responses. Check out Ronstadt.
0: Yes, I have been alone for the weekend. my family is out of town. What well, was at least three nights, maybe four? It was Thursday through Thursday night? Yeah. Through and one. then I pick I pick lock up from the airport today. Jesse and um Shepherd'll still be gone for a little bit. But yes, I've been a bachelor. Yeah. Um it doesn't make you a bachelor. Okay, you you temper- don't become eligible. Oh did I say eligible bachelor or did I say bachelor? Uh it's kind of redundant, right? Why Why ever say eligible bachelor? Uh, because sometimes you're just a bachelor who's not eligible. I don't That's technically what, okay, know- Okay, that is what you are. I you're don't an, know you're the an te- ineligible bachelor. I don't know the technical definition of bachelor. If it means single man, then I'm not a single man, but I lived as a single man for a weekend. And this isn't something that happens quite a bit, very often as a married man. Did you try to contain your excitement as you sent them away? Oh, well, first of all, they wanted me to go with them because We'll talk about this, I guess next week, we're gonna talk about our uh, respective trips back to North Carolina. Right, because we, I mean, from their perspective, we just took a three-week break. Right. But from our perspective. We haven't left for North Carolina yet, but yet my family was already in North Carolina. Long story, there was an opportunity for me to go back a little bit early and I mean, things are busy, you know, getting ready for break. But there's also an opportunity for them to go and you did well, not, but you don't. It, here's the thing about do you me. you come out and say that? Yes. Okay, cool, good. Uh, I get the sense that you don't feel that you have the freedom to say that. We could talk about that later, but um, I was very- I soft pedal it. I was very clear about when Jessie asked me, She's like, I'd like you to go. She's like, there's not really anything on the calendar. I was like, well, there's always something on my calendar, baby. It just doesn't always show up. Uh, just meaning that I've always got stuff I wanna work on. Yeah. But second of all, I was like, I could really use a weekend alone. I'll just be completely honest with you. I could really use a weekend alone. I like being alone. I'm an introvert. And so I could do that every once in a while and just give this to me. Mom. Um, She had no problem with that. She understands. And uh, so let me tell you the thing. Let me start by telling you the things that I didn't do. I did not shower. Didn't shower. Uh, I got into the pool. That counts. It does help some, but I, I didn't like soap up. You don't want soap in your pool. Did when you got in the pool? Did you scrub your scalp? Um, no. Well, first of all, I don't. I wash my hair once a week, max. Uh, because that is, in fact, you know what? The latest, the latest research is that the people are just saying don't wash your hair at all. I mean, get it wet, condition it. Don't put the shampoo in there, though. Really? Uh, yeah. I huh? I am doing that though, shampooing once a week. But I didn't do that. But what I did do is uh first of all I got a lot of writing done. Nice. And there were I and, love to benefit and, from and, and I was I was doing this situations. thing where uh I was writing and had quite a bit to do. And you know, I was like, I don't know what made me think of doing this, but I was like, I'm gonna work out. And right at the same time, and right at the same time, But really? not, not at exactly the same time. What I'm going to do is because a lot of people say that you know, I mean, I definitely am. I never take more than like I'm a long workout for me is an hour, right? Yeah. But people who are like getting ready for Marvel roles and like mm-hmm. bodybuilders, they work. <laughs> they work out for like multiple hours a day. And they take really long rest breaks between sets because apparently that's a good thing, but practically you just can't do that. But I was like, "What if I did like a really long workout where I did like a a muscle group and then I went and I wrote, and then I went and did another muscle group and then I wrote." See, I was picturing like a a dumbbell in one hand and a pen in the other. Well, that's that's phase two. Phase one is just doing mm-hmm. them interspersed. So. I ended up, <laughs> I worked out from, on Sunday, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, now crazy, the though. total amount of working out was probably an hour, right? Because it was just like, let's do some bench press. And then it was like, let's go up and let's write another scene. And we'll write now, another when scene. When you
1: were doing the bench press, were you thinking about, was the writing continuing in your brain?
0: Yeah, I would go and I would work things out in my mind. And I would like, I would talk out loud to myself and I would be like, okay, but if this happens and this, and then I would go back and I would write a scene.
1: Talk out loud to yourself. And then when you were writing the scene,
0: were you grunting as if you were still working out? No, oh. I, but let well, me just tell you, I feel like I'm on the precipice of maybe developing a system.
1: The that workout writer That I could
0: sell. The, it would it, be called the get swole, uh, the swole, right, and we had to come up with t- the tightest right, the tight. Um, Get your body tight while you write. I don't I don't know what we gotta work on we gotta wordsmith that, but it's gonna be a program. There's gonna work be pecs while you write on spec. There's gonna be DVDs. Uh. Going straight to D V D, just like the thing that we're writing. <laughs>
1: um This is like a this is like a well it's not really a master class. It's more like a uh I don't know. Master yeah. class. Well that
0: would yeah, you would have to uh that it's based on the idea that the writing is good, which is t- TBD. Um, and that the workouts render results. Yeah, I think that's, I think that. I think the one thing that um, it doesn't require any skill is just pushing things around. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you, you get guaranteed oh, results if you push things hard enough. Lots of technique needed. But I also tried two new sandwiches. <laughs> and I don't mean like I went and got a recipe for a sandwich. I'm meaning that I was like, well, you can eat whatever you want. You need no one else's input. So you're just gonna get new sandwiches. Well, the funny thing is, is I had in my mind that mm-hmm. I was gonna cook for myself. Oh. And that I was gonna, cause I love to cook, but I, but like with all the working out and all the writing, <laughs> there's only so much time in the day. So what I decided to do was- Get sandwiches. I'm gonna try that new Burger King chicken sandwich because they got in on the on the chicken sandwich war. Are they calling it something? King Oh, really? The King? the CH apostrophe king um and also interestingly part of their campaign was a little bit of a dig at chick-fil-a because i don't know what they they said something like a certain portion of the profits from this sandwich or whatever are going are going to lgbt causes oh so they are basically just like get a little jab to chick-fil-a um which i appreciated. but um can you taste the inclusivity? It's good. Uh, I'm just judging the chicken. Um, it's kind of gotten to the point where, and we had that McDonald's one on the show and everybody was like, you guys didn't have the sauce on it. Yeah, they didn't put much sauce on it at the local McDonald's that we that we tasted it from. Mm. So it wasn't that great. No. But you know, it's,
1: it's basically- Is it as big as the Popeyes? Is it as breaded as the Popeyes? It is as crunchy as the Popeyes. By the way, I've given up on Popeyes you you can't. I just can't beat the Chick Fil A chicken sandwich, you know. Um, social social causes just isolated for a second,
0: right? But here, but I think the argument most people are making is, well, okay, maybe they haven't made it taste as good. That there are it, there are so many alternatives now that you just don't you don't even there's you don't have to tempt yourself with it. You know, and I think Popeyes that- Popeye's has not had the lasting power. And I have to assume that Burger King can't, hasn't topped it. Burger King got very close to Popeye's, but they're kind of a dis- definitively a different chicken sandwich. Um, more traditional, like the it looks like a pop. it has the same profile as a Popeye's chicken sandwich with the breading okay. Uh, of, a, a sauce pretty, that pretty comes big, on man. it. It's pretty big, yeah, pickles. And you can get the spicy one, but never get the spicy one when you're testing the sandwich first. I thought it was good, hmm. but I don't find myself thinking I'm gonna go back and get it. What was the other place? Uh, well, I'm taco using- Taco Bell chicken sandwich? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm using the term chicken sandwich loosely because oh. I tried the Naked Chicken Chalupa from Taco Bell, which I don't even know how long that's been out, but I saw a commercial naked for it. chicken. It is a taco that has chicken as the shell. The, uh, and so it's, it's not like, like one a of these- like KFC
1: Double Down, but- but a taco.
0: Well, the KSC doubled down was literally just two chicken breasts with stuff in between them. This taco is Bell one has chicken made breast
1: it- doubled on itself with stuff in the middle.
0: No, this is take chicken, put it in a machine, and make a taco shell out of chicken. This oh. isn't like a. I mean, what you? I don't even know what you're talking about. You're talking about like taking a breast and like folding it around stuff. Yeah, Taco Bell would never do something like that. That would. So it's a flat, bendable nugget that. It's is uh,
1: circular and then folded over like a shell.
0: No, it is a it is a nugget nugget fied taco shell. Meaning that it's it was flat maybe at one point, but when it firmed up in the fryer, it firmed up in a taco shell. Like it holds this its does own not shape. Sound good? Like if if I were to take everything out of it, it would just literally be a taco shell that's chicken and other binding agents. I'm I'm thinking that can't be good. It wasn't. Bad, but it definitely wasn't. I need to do this again. It was like, okay, that's kind of interesting, and it really is I guess it's for the low carb folk, oh, but it's got fried stuff on it, so that's not low carb it's got breading on it
1: hmm.
0: gotta say I wouldn't recommend that necessarily, uh 'cause also just as like a safety gotta just the kiss the the kissing <laughs> the uh, chicken quesadilla. yep that's, sa- which, that's is, very, which is which is that's always, a good it's always good, it's always good. Um, and I went to the driving range three days in a row. Okay, that's good. That's now this mean. might not be, sound exciting to you, but this is I now. Oh, you
1: I, mean just standing in one place and hitting golf balls yeah. forever? And well,
0: when you're as good at it as I am, it's fun. Uh, and <laughs> the the um, <laughs> what? <laughs> now, if you suck at golf, golf is very frustrating. But if you are just grooving it, let me just say, grooving it to. The point where people, a crowd begins to gather.
1: No. Yes. Are you? Well, hold on. You're telling me that you were just hitting a golf ball off of a tee, and people stopped to watch you. Yes. This is not. This like, is not
0: Pac-Man final rounds. Like, it was an exhibition. Okay. Now you know me. I'm a big man. I'm tall. I have a big arc. I'm relatively athletic, and I can get some club head speed. And what was happening is is after three days of practice, of like hitting a bucket of balls and kind of were getting you, my groove back. Were you like drunk redneck celebrating or something? Like No, what? but I did like, I had my hat on and my sunglasses and oh, all my hair coming out the back, so I kind of looked like. Somebody. Maybe I'm like a golfing personality, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there are guys on the tour that like have that look. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's yeah. Like, like this is the redneck golfer. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so listen, I wasn't trying to draw a crowd, but. And like, I am like,
1: step right up and watch me go. <laughs>
0: but what happened is, is I'm, I'm getting all my, all my clubs in my bag, I'm kind of getting straightened out because I'm really trying to get, my back is basically better. And I, I haven't been golfing aggressively for a long time because of my back, but my back is good right now. And so I'm getting my hip turn. And so I'm hitting, we're at this, I'm not gonna say what range it was, but it's a range where the fence, which is probably 30 or 40 feet high is at,
1: it, gosh, it Siri! The crap I wasn't talking
0: to you. I know you're interested in me in and why my was it, story. Why did she speak so loudly? I don't have any idea what's it's going on, with Siri. Shouldn't have said her name again. So, just for those of you who who, who know about this stuff, and the one the percent of you who do know about this and appreciate it, so this fence is like 250 yards out there, 30 or 40 feet tall. So to get over the fence. You're carrying it at least 300, 310, 320 in the air before it hits the ground and begins rolling. I begin hitting the ball consistently just over the fence. And then I realized- They didn't even build the place big enough to
1: contain the redneck energy.
0: <laughs> and then I realized that a guy is behind me and he, his buddies come up to him and are like, you ready to go? He's like, and he didn't hear He didn't know I was hearing he was like. Well, I'm just watching this guy drive. <laughs> oh, God. And you know me. This is not good for Once you. Once I have an audience, it's like, I, that's when I begin performing better. Did you the, acknowledge? The pressure is, Did no. you acknowledge him, you're like, you played it cool, like I didn't hear him and I'm not even seeing No, 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 I was like, if this man wants a show, he's gonna get a show. And now his boys have showed up and now <laughs> all three of them are standing there. And then I was like, well, you guys want it, you're gonna get it. And it was just like, bam, bam. Bam, over the fence, over the fence, over And then I was like, well, I mean, they were into the driver. Let's see what they think about the seven iron. And it was just like, Psh. and then, and they were just- They stayed there for that long? Yeah, and then the guy was like, he was, I would hit it and it was like coming off. I mean, just, I mean, I was grooving. It was coming off the of club face. It makes a g- great sound. And he was just like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, did they put dollar bills in your waistband? Here's the thing, if you play golf, and you know the mechanics of golf, you know how satisfying it is when it's working and how satisfying it is to watch it work. So I'm, again, I'm talking to the 1% of you who care about this. I'm really focusing on you right Did now. Did he like, he wasn't like biting his lip, was he? Well, I didn't make eye contact with him. I was just listening to him. I never turned around Did he ever to ask you if, if, he,
1: if, if, if you could, if
0: he could mount one of his balls on your tee? I think he just wanted a lesson. But I was like, but I was prepared to be like, "Hey, man, I don't teach; I just demonstrate." <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm. Hey, that's a t-shirt. I mean, wear that
1: t-shirt <laughs> to uh, your top
0: golf session. I don't want to build it up too much, at but least, it was it at least I top was golf on fire has a friggin' has targets to hit. Well, I was picking targets. That sign, that sign over the fence. Were you pointing? Mm can't do that. You can't Babe Ruth it out there.
1: No, he would know that you were watching. You never had a conversation. You never acknowledged there,
0: the audience. No, because I wanted to be in the zone, and I was in the zone. I didn't want to be broken out of it. That's funny. So anyway, I had a great weekend. I mean, I get what I what I realize is what that if
1: something would have gone wrong, like if you would have fallen, I
0: was or like gonna fall.
1: you would have pulled something, oh! And then like they're watching, and you'd have had to. Pu- you would have acted like nothing
0: would have happened. No, I would have asked for help. <laughs> Help me, help me But I just had a a glimpse of what, you know, I've been married for 20 years and what my life would have been like if I had never gotten married. It would Mm. be no showering, lots of golf. dirty bachelor. uh, Eating a lot of fast food and working out and writing (laughs) and having basically no day or night rhythm. It was like nothing is, it's just what happens happens. It's probably not sustainable. Okay. But it was a hell of a weekend. Wow, I had the worst weekend ever. (laughs) Why? I ended the weekend with you uh, celebrating Lily. That was fine. Um,
1: uh, Well, that was great. It was fine that you were there. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was great. It was a a horrible weekend because our internet went down, Mm. which means our lives were grinded to a halt. Uh, no ability to communicate at our home because our cell phones only work through our internet because we have no cell service at our house. So we were cut off from society. It was like we were camping but we couldn't even start have a fire.
0: It was bad. Yeah, that sucks, man. It was bad. You could've was, come to Miles. I have lots of internet. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of room too, multiple rooms.
1: I thought about it. I mean, we went to the Creative House one night just to watch something. Uh, you know what? The Creative House is a good backup for internet. Yeah, and
0: maybe like the apocalypse.
1: So I'm I'm glad you had a good time and I left you to it. I was in misery. <laughs>
0: Internetless misery. Yeah, I don't know how you did it. Ear Biscuits is supported by the farmer's dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That that woman is crazy. <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, So it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls.
1: Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls makes sense.
0: Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Okay, let's talk about GMM, 2000 episodes. We're gonna yeah. read through a number of um, responses and instead of going through and commenting on each one, we kind of have grouped them into a few categories and we'll just kind of go through and let y'all speak and then speak to it. Um, let's start with Allie.
1: She said, when I started watching GMM, I was barely nine. Now I'm almost 17, driving, I have a job, I'm going into my junior year of high school and I've made leaps and bounds when it comes to my mental and emotional health. Ret Link and GMM are a huge part of that. And I am so grateful. You wanna alternate? Hit the next
0: yeah. one. Yeah. Sammy Fox. I started watching when I was 12 or 13 with my dad in the mornings mm-hmm. before school. Now I'm 22, about to graduate with a degree in anthropology. What? And I watch GMM and GMM more every morning. My personality has definitely been shaped by GMM. I love this. Elizabeth Tolbert said
1: When my husband and I started watching GMM, we were just dating as freshmen in college. Now, eight years later, we're married and we watch it every night
0: after work. Woohoo! <laughs> Jackson Melvin, I've gone through puberty. That's it. That's all he said. I've. It was a reply
1: to us, otherwise it would just be like a, a very profound uh It's like you just update. discovered it. <laughs> update, I've gone through puberty. I've made it through to the other side. I, I'm still waiting for that to happen.
0: To f- have them fully drop?
1: <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'll get a zit and I'm like, is this still residual puberty? No, it's not. Okay, good. Bohemian maiden of mythicality. Uh, said, 11 years ago, I was an awkward youth watching after school and now I'm a slightly less awkward adult who shares GMM with my three-year-old son. (laughs) He has apraxia of speech and makes the ASL signs R and L for Rent Link whenever he sees the YouTube logo on the TV. (laughs) It's something magical to have created something so enduring and stable yet ever evolving and growing, uh, which we'll talk more about later. I hope to teach my son to emulate that in his own life. Congrats on achieving it. Thanks, Bohemian Maiden of Mythicality.
0: Richard Lonsdale. When I started watching GMM, I had short hair, clean shaven, was in my 40s, and hardly anyone had ever heard of my former job. I now have long hair, long beard, in my 50s, and everyone is a virologist. (laughs) Except me. And then his next tweet was, "I started watching in early February 2020." <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, <laughs> so, so basically he turn- so he was in
1: his 40s. He was like 49. Yeah, now he's in. And his And then 50s. he turned 50, but his you know his his hair grew out. His look totally he, changed he, because he, of the he did the pandemic uh, haircut okay. thing. This is more of a pandemic change than like an evolution while while watching. GMO. I think I've
0: actually seen uh, Richard tweet some things about. He's a good. He, he's uh, if I'm not mistaken because he is a, you know, an actual former virologist. Former virologist? No, he is a vi- virologist. Oh. He's not former. He's just saying basically he's not, He's not currently working now. in it. No, I think it's a joke. Oh. everyone's a, Everyone thinks they're an expert on this except for the guy who is the expert. No, he said, have you ever heard of my former job? Oh, former job, you're right. Okay, well, yeah, he, but everyone does think that they're a virologist, but uh, thank you, Richard. Virologist. Yeah, however you say it. Robin tweeted, I've
1: been watching y'all since 2015 and you raised me when no one in real life was. I'm now 18 and just graduated, living on my own and still wake up and watch y'all every day. Uh, You are also the only reason I have Twitter. Oh, well, I guess we're the only ones reading this. assume you don't have anybody following you. Maybe you have people following you. I don't know. Let's leave that out of it, Robin.
0: Uh, Leah, began watching daily in 2013 when I had two children, age two and three. In the time since then, I've gotten married, adopted four cats, had another child, and the oldest, who was born the same day as Lando, is now heading to middle school. Wow. It, it is so crazy to, to hear these
1: responses of people and how much their life circumstances changes, how much they changed as people, you know, going from being in grade school, weathering middle school to being in high school, mm-hmm. going from uh being in school to graduating high school, going off to college, like dating, getting married. I mean, we're at the top of the year we're gonna celebrate it'll be the ten year anniversary of Good Mythical Morning. So we've so we're you know, we're at like nine and a half years right. to get to two thousand episodes. And there's it's just it's quite a phenomenon that, you know, being on the inside of it, like from our point of view, like looking out at this, it's it's so nice to hear because I just, you know, and it's nice to stop and celebrate in this way and think about what, how much has changed, how much people go through.
0: I mean, you talk about puberty, people sitting there watching and becoming adults. Well, that's the thing that's so interesting to me. And again, I, uh, very little of what we've done has has. I mean, a lot has been strategic, but a lot has just been what we thought we wanted to do, right? And when it came to the show and the direction of the show, but it's we've whenever everybody asks us, like, okay, well, who's the show for? And we can ne- we never have a real great answer for that because we're like the audience is very broad, and that seems like a cop out when we say, well, sometimes the family will come up to us, and we don't know who's a bigger fan, the kid or the parent. And the funny thing is, is in so many of your answers and lots of ones that we just read, there's something very cool and I'm, I'm not taking credit for it. I'm saying it's just, we kind of stumbled into it that we created a show that you could grow up watching and not feel like you were growing out of it. That you could yeah. transition from a child to an adult. You could transition from a student to a spouse. Um and still call it a part of your daily routine, and that is it's just really cool to see
1: and I mean when we started the show, it was again, it was after we had moved out here to LA we, you know we we had all of our kids, but we were we were starting a new career and we were like, I mean we started we did the television show and then we kind of relaunched our YouTube career mm-hmm. on the on the with good Mythical morning as like a big part of that, but it I mean, we, we've changed a lot as well I, even though we were already married and in parents and you know but the kids were so young and now you know the first few episodes the well the first few seasons we would have all these stories about our lives like learning to live in Los Angeles taking these kids to play dates in the park and like the stories from Christy and Jesse and everything that they were going through it's like um we weren't we were sharing where we were in our lives at that point with GM and being so conversational. And then, I mean, a lot of the conversation has shifted to ear biscuits, but so much has changed about us. I mean, look how much older I've gotten. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this gray hair. You know, it was, I think, the reason we were a, when we, when we were committed to developing an audience on YouTube at that time. I think our instincts said we get, we have to reach a younger audience. And we had been doing that since the beginning of YouTube. We were always older than everybody else, give or take. We were always the old guys. Who right? was getting traction on YouTube and developing an audience. So we knew we had to reach people younger
0: than us and and, and really embrace that side of ourselves. Well, and I think there was a time, and I, I don't, there was a few conversations about this. Um, and I think a lot of it was precipitated by you deciding to stop dyeing your hair. Which was it's, relatively late in but that so GMM. Many people, but. So when we had conversations with people, what we noticed Especially when we had like conversations with people who might be considering another project, or like somebody who was in marketing, maybe brand that we were going to work with. Whenever we told them how old we were, they were like, "What?" They, they always thought we were younger that than we might were. we were probably in our twenties, uh, even when we were in our late thirties. They thought we were in our twenties, and we felt like that was an advantage. Yeah, and we were like, "Well, okay, to, we got to work really, on YouTube. We got to hold on to that." But then there was a, what you know, as the relationship developed between us and you guys, and the way that sort of entertainment and especially you know, social media and YouTuber relationships with fans have evolved and uh, it's become much more of like a family and there's a much stronger connection than there was when we started. We just started seeing the way people would talk about us as dads often uh, in a fun, like making fun of us, yeah. whether it was dad humor or you guys are my internet dads, we were not hiding our age as well as maybe we thought we had to in order to be as successful
1: as we were. Yeah, so and we're again, like, maybe that's was not as much of and a And it key. wasn't,
0: it wasn't as, um, again, I don't want to overstate, right? It wasn't like, oh, we can't let them know how old we are. Like, we were, we were ha- fine to tell you how old we were. We just thought that if you thought that we were younger. Then that was probably an advantage, and especially I think there's been the a gray shift. hair thing. Yeah, 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 that,
1: yeah, That was like that decision point. I mean, I think we did have this discussion. Discussion, but it was it was kind of like, come on, who are we kidding? By that point, it's like I just I I can't carry on with this dye job, and I think it looks horrible. It didn't. I didn't
0: think it looked bad at the time, but of course, in look, looking back, it Like, oh, like it's, it's very dark. Yeah, I just cringe.
1: I did it myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, and I would get. We Christie's always did our home. own own hair for there some w- reason.
1: There was a couple of times, like maybe four times, that I w- I went to a shop, I went to a real trendy Silver Lake stylist,
0: and uh, he he colored my hair. Did would tell you like you 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 you've been no, doing it like w- just for men and like why? Uh,
1: he was he was a soft spoken dude, very nice, and he did he didn't you know he didn't he wasn't too opinionated. Mm. But I had confidence, like he's the guy who gave me my uh, my new haircut. Oh, got Like it. this is before we met Anna. Right. Uh, who helps shape our quaffs now. Yeah. So yeah, he, he cut my hair. Uh, it was at, the place that was called The Fox Tail, I'm pretty sure, something like that. Tail, it's got a tail and a fox in the title. Um. So he, so I trusted him, cause he's the one who like gave me my new hairstyle. Boy, that was, I mean that was a that was a big risk because it's like I need, I need to get rid of this boyish hairstyle. But then when I was like, you know what, I'm tired of coloring my hair myself. You can do a better job than me. Then I I realized I just didn't like sitting there and people walking in and out and seeing me getting my hair colored. Like that was I just didn't like that experience. Like that's why I wanted to do it at home. But then yeah, once once I was like I I can't keep this up that it's going to have to change, and then we had the conversation. It's like, who are we kidding anyway? I mean, it's like, this is actually being more of myself. I need to yeah. embrace this, and it's not going to impact. Are people watching because they think we're younger than we are? Because if really? they are, if we're
0: holding on to that, then that's gonna that will go away. Earbiscus is supported by Mountain Dew. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year, but isn't it time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game. With the bold
1: tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast, you can be having a blast
0: anywhere. Having a blast at work, having a blast in traffic. Okay. Having a blast while you file your taxes. No, really, we mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you and for a limited time with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only, so do not wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary. Open to US residents 18 and over, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15th, 2024, void where prohibited. Yeah, it's like we need to we need to rip that band-aid off. Well, because you talk about your hair, which I mean, you know, is obviously different. But definitely, especially as we've gone back uh for the mythical society and we've done these uh, react to the early videos. I don't know what it when it was, but for a lo- for the longest time, if I went back and watched uh, an early Rhett and Link video, I kind of was like, I basically look the same, but my hair has changed. But yeah. over the past 3 or 4 years, Every time I go back, I'm like, man, I was a baby. Like, I don't know, I can't. Your face was younger? I can't tell you what has changed about my face. I couldn't specifically point it out, but I'm like, that face is young and this face is old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's. I you begin to, and I think that, we'll talk about this later as we're gonna hear from you guys about how your, you know, the show has been a part of your life change, not just in the stage of life, but it's just who you are. So we'll talk about that personally. But like you said, I think that one of the cool things that's happened over over time is just us embracing who we are. So part of it is, yeah, I'm 43. I'm gonna be 44 in the fall. And it's that's, that's who we are. We are dads. We literally were dads when we started, but we could be a lot of your dads. And that's kind of part of it, I think.
1: Yeah, I definitely remember that. You know, I always had this fear that, like, when is this success going to run out? And if there's anything I can control to to prevent it from from petering out, I want to do that. And it wasn't that I thought that people thought we were young, but I didn't know for sure. I was like, if the, you know, but this if, is one of the
0: th- factors. Then. If my
1: hair goes totally white, it's like, what? What? Why would you watch that guy? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I was just, I was like, I, I don't know if this is well, gonna be we'll a factor. we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out, yeah, that's right. Um, but I I'm just glad that we have such a wide range of people watching because we stopped just catering to a younger audience. And as we talk about the evolution of the show, we became more, we came into more of our own, we came into more of ourselves completely. And I think YouTube started to gain more Older people would watch YouTube. People who were more of our contemporaries, yeah. you know, would go to YouTube for different things and discover our show and realize that, hey, th- this can be for me if I'm, you know, if I have kids, if
0: I'm older, if I'm, re- you know, if I'm retired, what if I'm a retired virologist. And the funny thing is, is now YouTube as a medium is feels kind of old. Like, it. you know what I'm saying? Compared to, okay, TikTok, right? Yeah. And so, uh, it's funny how quickly things, I don't. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I don't think YouTube's going anywhere, but as a medium, it right. feels like this is kind of a, this is sort of a young adult and older person's <laughs> thing. Now, yeah. you know? Uh, well, let's let's talk about the show though, and how the show has changed in your eyes. Um, Christy
1: Scarpetta, Mem's evolution from three men. She's talking about uh, Jason, who was our first editor in your garage, in your backyard. Three men in a garage, uh, that evolution to a multi-dimensional show that still embodies the same ethos is unique. As a mythical beast, I recognize the similarities in my life. I've had to adjust, develop, or start over, but my core remains unchanged. Hmm. GMM's adaptability with stability is wonderful.
0: Wow, this is like kind of a mission oh, statement that dang. we've not really articulated, but thank you, and I think it's Kirsty. Oh, yeah, sorry,
1: Christy. I called you Kirsty. Kirstie.
0: Um Mumskin, Joy. I've been with you guys for six or seven years now. I've enjoyed watching the channels grow. Seeing the crew getting more involved with the various channels and the interactions with you guys and each other is beautiful. You build a wonderful family. Here's to another 2,000.
1: I mean, there is a sense of the family, the people that make the show, there is this family of faces, some, sh- I mean, they definitely change over time
0: uh, in the way that families do, Yeah, I guess, but. But I think that's one of the biggest, um, that's one of the biggest transformations of the show in I think the reason that the show is still going on, frankly, is is going from three guys in a garage uh, coming up with everything to the amazing team that we have right now that enables us to step in and be a part of the show in the way that we are now. Like I can just guarantee you that the show would be finished if we were st- we're still have, trying to do it the same way. Yeah, we couldn't have shouldered
1: that burden never for not this a million long. years. Uh, Samantha at Disnerd thirteen, I've been a fan for about a year. Found you guys in a time I definitely needed some laughter. I started watching everything from good morning Chia Lincoln through to the current episodes. So I've seen the evolution happen very quickly. It's been amazing to see how you have grown as performers and how the games have evolved. It's, yeah, that's an interesting dynamic. It's like, if you're a longtime fan, you, you've experienced the evolution slowly, more like we have. Sometimes it's harder to see, but so many people all along the way have been gone back and then had this accelerated binge mm-hmm. watching that's like, it's like, I mean, people make time lapses but when you're catching up just from last year, and you're going all the way back to Chia Lincoln, I mean that's. Uh, I th- actually I think that's what the what the next commenter
0: kind of fleshes out even more. Yeah, LTN's fridge. LTN Samsung smart fridge.
1: Is it what is it? You've you've spot. You've got a Sans, Samsung sponsorship in your well, Twitter
0: handle. I believe that this could be uh, a Samsung smart fridge that has gone sentient. Oh. And is now a fan. Okay, so. We accept you. We will proceed with caution. Three years ago when I decided to click on Will It Donut, I liked it so much that I wanted to start from the beginning so that entire summer and throughout half of the next school year, I Mm -hmm. binged watched all the seasons. So I got to see how you and the show change, whether that's waiting for Link's new haircut. Yeah, knowing it was gonna come. Yeah, seeing the change to the expanded format and back, seeing Rhett's hair get longer and longer. And my favorite part was waiting for the new intros to see my progress to catching up. Overall, this show changed my morning routine for the better. I can look forward to the new GMM and GMM more episodes instead of dreading going to school. I got the sense of being a part of something bigger as I became a mythical beast. Hmm. I was so excited to see you live. My life was changed all because I saw a pink donut in a thumbnail. (laughs) Gotta love that thumbnail. Uh yeah, we welcome all all appliances. Right, yeah. Into the world of uh, uh mythicality. Appliances don't care how old you look. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's the future of the show. It's just a bunch of AI watching it.
1: Yeah, that ex- I mean I the I can only liken it to when I discover somebody uh a, a musician or a band and then you realize that they've got eight albums, mm-hmm. you know? Um maybe one day you know, it's it's like I know that Elvis is waiting for me if I want to become a fan one day. <laughs> you know, and that's it's it's going to be quite an experience wow. to, if I wanted to do that. I've never done that with Elvis. I don't know if I
0: will. You're honestly the thing I don't, is I don't is that you're more guy. familiar with Elvis than you realize. You probably have heard any song that you think you've you've heard you've heard them all. Exactly,
1: but that's I think that's how. People who aren't mythical beasts think about Good Mythical Morning. It's like, oh, I've seen the
0: thumbnails. I have an idea of what that's like. Are you, know, you saying a, that we a... were like Elvis? I like, I like this analogy. And then,
1: and then, um, but when you dig into it, you're like, oh, there's a, there's a lot more here to this experience than what I thought. I think I would find that from Elvis, and especially because you have this whole body of work, and you can, you can have that
0: time lapse experience. But Elvis died on the toilet, and I don't want that to happen to you or me while working out and writing. Yeah, Ren Frost, to wrap up this section. I wasn't there in the beginning, but it has been part of my daily routine for years now. I like how the boys have become more comfortable with themselves and it has allowed me to become more comfortable with who I am. Ren, thanks for saying that. You know, I the show would
1: not be going on if it wasn't for the crew, um, for the reasons that you said, but there's also this beauty that like utilizing and platforming their talents frees us up to be free. Uh-huh. And I think that uh-huh. you know, the 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 thing that we've learned over the course of entertaining is how valuable uh, being yourself and really putting yourself out there and a and inviting connection in that way for people to relate to you and know that you're being real is something that I think we've uh, we were. I think we were slower to evolve on that front than a lot of other successful YouTubers because we were so focused on what it was we were creating early on, and then we made a strategic decision with Chia Lincoln and Good Mythical Morning to platform our friendship and our conversations, but we still um, cordoned off th- the things that we would talk about. And I think the way that we would talk about those things where there w- there was a lot of areas of our lives, even though we were we shared a lot of personal stories that it was still very filtered and mm-hmm. um, presented. And I mean, I look at us now and the things that we talk about here on Ear Biscuits, it's just like, it. this is just what, I'm gonna t- tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, my filter is a lot lower you know, Christy still gets on me. She was like, you know, you don't have to share everything with recent episodes. Um, but she, you know, it's just trying to find out. I just like, I enjoy the freedom of uh, being more myself. And a lot of that, I think because of your Biscuits has made its way back into Good Mythical Morning, especially because of the way uh, the team sets up the episodes where we don't have to, we don't have to plan something to deliver or to mm-hmm. produce or engineer
0: results. So we're more in a reaction mode and a being ourselves mode and not a producer mode because when you try to get into that producer mode and you're thinking about the way this is being presented, you're just not as engaged and you're not as funny and you're, that's not as fun to watch. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus both
1: RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas.
0: So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. But yeah, I think that, I mean we talked a lot about this when we got ready to tell our, deconstruction stories, right? When we, there was this massive part of ourselves that we had kept from you uh, that we sort of, once we opened that up, it was, it was such a massive part of who we were. And I think it kind of relates to the way that we presented ourselves, right? You go back to the beginning of the show. So the 2012, um, you know, we were one year into being in LA Really, like six months into in, in being in LA, from a spiritual standpoint, where I was at at that point was, I basically had a full-on crisis of faith, right? Um, but I was still, think, I was still calling myself a Christian and still kind of believing that there was something in the sort of broken down pieces of my faith that I could assemble into something. I was still going to church, still call myself Christian, that kind of thing, still had certain beliefs about Jesus and, but a lot, it was super shaky, but I, in in you can speak to where you were at, but it, you're pretty similar, you were going to yeah. church as well. And, yeah,
1: I, I would say I was in a very similar place. Yeah. And it wasn't the type of place that you wanted to process that publicly. Right. You know, especially having never processed any of it publicly before then. It was like, and also that's the, the last internet, point.
0: The internet was a very, very different place 10 years ago. A, oh, yeah. and meaning that there's very few people who were talking that openly about what they thought about everything. It's like now everybody tells you what they think about everything and you're almost expected to say what you think about everything. Very mm. different time. Mm-hmm. But we kind of opened up this personal window into like our stories and our friendship, but we were still in this kind of, uh, the default is to make this family friendly. Like now the f- interesting thing because we've talked about this we and, and and I think what we've said in the past is we're like, the show evolved in terms of its rating, in terms of its fam- family friendliness and it's over the years, it's gotten less family friendly, whatever that particular term means to you. Uh, and I think that the thing that we've said in the past is this is related to the fact that our kids have our kids have been growing up with the show, and so our standards have changed. I, I think I
1: don't remember, but I would venture to guess that I was the one that articulated it this way because I felt like it. I felt like we needed an explanation, and I felt like, for me at least, this was a true, but still partial explanation that I gave at the time, which was, you know, I like to. As my kids get older, I think. I think there's a parallel with the sh- with the show aging up along with our kids cuz I think about like I want them to be able to watch it and it be the type of thing that I'm comfortable with the things that I'm I'm saying and the things that we're doing and the the angles we're taking the jokes we're making that uh I can watch it with my family. And as my family gets older then those th- that those standards um start to loosen. Mhm. Um, and I, I'm and not that, saying it's, I, I, it's, it's not. That I it's, described
0: it that way, and I left it at that. And it's not that it isn't true. I mean, for me, it's not really true because I've always let my kids kind of watch whatever they wanted to watch, even from a pretty young age. And so they were they were already experiencing and watching things that definitely went beyond the line that GMM even goes across today when they were younger. So there was an incongruity there for me, but. To, and also one of the things we've, I don't think we've ever shared this, but like, you know, even when we were Christians, even when we were like neck deep in evangelicalism, our personal unfiltered conversation with each other was, I say 90 to 95% identical to what it is now in terms of how yeah. much we curse. Yeah. like we, we cur- Like we've cursed our entire lives. There wasn't a moment, there wasn't a time in which in my private life with my best friends and with my wife where I didn't curse, right? and even in front of my kids quite a bit. Like that's just how I have always talked and I never thought that cursing was some like sign of faith but we had just this I, idea I, that- I was a
1: little more conservative than you but but yeah, it was the type of thing that in, in so that evolution, it wasn't like whenever we, our our beliefs started to change that we got more loose-lipped, we cursed more. No, it's and, like-
0: And also with innuendo, which I think the, we we, we yeah. still don't curse on GMM, and the reason we don't curse on GMM is because if you do curse, you even if you curse and bleep it, you automatically get put into a different category on the platform and you don't get served to as many people, so you don't, get you know, you don't get as many views and our business doesn't work the same. So we're gonna continue to be family friendly. But when it comes to the innuendo, the jokes that go over the kid's head, we've always been super innuendo heavy in our just conversations with each other P- in person- the personally. Privately.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think what what you're seeing on GMM now is how we would always joke amongst the you know Yeah. Just privately, amongst friends. But now, I mean Like Ren was saying, we're more comfortable being ourselves on camera, and so that's you know a more honest reaction might sometimes elicit uh, a shit that then I think they had to cut around a few times because like we're we're actually so comfortable behind the desk and not just in Good Mythical More, but especially in Good Mythical More that we're just we're reflecting who we've always been in that way. Yeah. So it's not an, but it is. So it's
0: just an evolution of how we're presenting ourselves. That it's more of a opening the door to who we really are more than it is to changing. And the funny thing is, when you see it from the outside, and also you kind of know our story, you're you, like, you "Oh, think these, there's a correlation. these guys left the faith, and they've got, and they've gotten more and more crass." It's like, well, I've kind of always been crass. It's just now nah, I'm just don't think that it matters that you know that. But what I will say, <laughs> just in case you're getting like, oh, "Are you guys, guys going to keep pushing things?" Like, I feel like where we've gotten. On Good Mythical Morning is a—it's honestly—it's about as far as you can go before you begin getting categorized differently, and so right. I think that we we have no desire to go any further. I think that there's the right amount of innuendo uh, on
1: on the sh- on Good Mythical Morning and Good Mythical More, but I you know maybe there's an opportunity in other venues for that, and uh, that's intriguing. Mm, mm, but mm, um, yeah, for for GMM. I think we're. I mean, th- we dance a little bit around this line, and like so, sometimes we're still pulling back. We're not just pushing, pushing, pushing. There's some we, we're pulling back we from do, some we do. things. It's like you know what? Oh, uh, yeah, some some jokes just end up being distasteful. We're not trying to provoke. Like okay, that butt chugging joke thing was yeah. like okay. If I had to do that over, I wouldn't do that again right. because it was okay. We can pull back, but we're open to trying things because. It's it's more, we're just comfortable being more of ourselves and, and that, sometimes pushing some and stuff. And
0: that might mean that some people are less comfortable with letting, like coming in at this current season and letting their kids watch with them, but our desire is that for most people who kinda are, you know, let their kids watch like PG-13 movies or whatever, you're gonna be able to let your kids watch Like, we don't, we're not trying to make GMM an adult show. GMM is, it is a family show. But when I say family show, what I mean is that no matter what part of the family you are, the child, the parent, the grandparent, there's something that you can connect with. You can enjoy it. Yeah. And if you
1: were to be offended, you're too young to be offended. Right. Or you're, or you're getting a little bit of an education. Right. That's our role. Realizing something you need to, you need to figure out. But I, I mean, the, I think the biggest, evolution is just because of Ear Biscuits, it's kind of had this r- retroactive impact on the show. And also realizing that that's, it resonates with people, mm-hmm. you know? And I think as we get into more user comments, uh, that becomes clear. So a generally distanced Rennie May at loudspeaker, I found GMM in the few months following the breakup of my first serious relationship. I was, it was a confusing time because a lot of who I perceived myself to be stemmed from who my ex was. So when we parted, it felt like I wasn't allowed to be myself anymore. Hmm. GMM was the first thing I really enjoyed that was my own. It taught me that it was okay to be weird and that I was allowed to like whatever the heck I wanted to like that, be, that being myself was absolutely fine. It led me to find other things and people that I really enjoyed. Further to that, seeing GMM go through its many formats taught me that it's fine to try and fail so long as you're moving towards something better. These days I'm happier and by no means perfect, but I like to think I'm constantly moving towards something better." Mm,
0: thank you for that. That was a three tweeter. Um, from Mythical Peach. I started watching in 2018. I was on disability leave because my anxiety had worsened. I was so depressed. My daughter suggested I watch GMM to give me something to smile at. It worked. I immersed myself in all things mythical and life started to have color. Hmm. Fast forward three years and I'm at a fabulous job doing wonderfully. Watching every mythical thing I can get my hands on. I credit Rhett and Link with turning my life around by showing me daily the funny, weird uniqueness that is them. Love you guys. Well, listen, I appreciate the compliment, but I'm not going to take that credit. We're going to give that credit to you for the uh, the uh, the changes that you've made in your life. But we are glad that GMM was a part of it and that we were along for the ride.
1: Yeah, that's 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 awesome. V slash Robin said, "I first subscribed when I was 16 or 17 years old, and this month I turned 23. In that time." I've gone from hating myself, realizing I wasn't straight and gender binary, sad all the time with no clue for my future to a job I love, knowing I'm a non-binary lesbian, loving myself and working out, understanding my mental health issues and helping them overall being happier and better. The darkest times were when I was 18 or 19 at uni when I had insomnia, anxiety, and possible depression with no effort to even watch YouTube. I refound GMM last year and it's my daily positivity dose.
0: V slash Robin,
1: yes, thank you.
0: Joe, Minnesota Joe, that is. <clears throat> I am more honest about who I am now, especially in the last 18 months in the deconstruction episodes. Mm. I no longer feel like I failed my family or am a bad person just because I didn't fit their definition of good. Mm. In good times and bad, I have looked to the GMM family to share in celebration and in mourning. I lost my best friend this year to COVID and felt so alone. The daily episodes kept me going through those first few weeks. It was my version of putting one foot in front of the other.
1: Joe, thanks for sharing that. I'm sorry for your loss of your best friend. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, we we get a lot of messages. We hear from a lot of fans and you know over the years especially when we were touring too but to to know that what we make is is such an integral part of people moving forward with their lives whenever they encounter um resistance or um uh hardship or bottom out for one reason or another uh never could have imagined uh just a couple more and then we'll unpack some of this em 93 I've learned to be more confident in myself as we have all grown to love each other and you guys in this community. I found it really impactful that self-love was a prominent feature. I've learned that what I wear, how I act, and what I do is an integral part of my personality. And it's very encouraging for me when expression in all senses of the word is included in an episode of GMM. And hey, just yourself be if weird is you and that's pretty cool.
0: Thank you, Emma. And finally, Nina Nyfik. Over the years, GMM helped me through a breakup, then college, then surgery, graduation, changing friendships, therapy, and self-acceptance. As the mythical experience moved forward, I grew stronger, wiser, and happier. And GMM connected me to the mythical hive mind. (laughs) Got a little creepy there at the end. (laughs) Uh, Again, that's that refrigerator talking. No, but this is, you know, I I think we, when we started this, we we said that thing, the very beginning, the very first episode, you know, we want you to, we want this to be something for you. We want this to be a part of your daily routine. (laughs) Part of that was just good marketing you know, it was just like, we yeah. th- we want you to see this in this way because when you be- because we're gonna keep giving it to you. We're gonna give it to you the same time every day. So many decisions that we made, again, they were made because we just kind of figured, seems like something that's not happening on YouTube is a reliable show. Like people are getting content. Some people are doing it daily, but you don't know when it's gonna upload. You have to go to their Twitter to see when them say, oh, 17 more minutes and it's gonna be, a-. Yeah. we were like, Reliable. Can we make something that is dependent in the same way that you can tune into a television show that you like? So let's upload this thing at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every single day without exception, unless there's some crazy technical problem and it's only happened a few times out of 2000 episodes. Right. Let's talk to the audience as an individual for the most part, right? We're talking to you. We're uh, a certain distance from the camera. Like we, we made a very conscious choice to be like, this camera, I can't, I don't know what the, I think we use like a, we use a lens that is that kind of approximates a human field of view. Now we haven't really talked about this before and it wasn't <clears throat> um, super intentional, but it was, it was something that was kind of b- behind our intentions and sort of a gut instinct that we want this to feel like you're sitting across from two people. Now when you watch t- a t- typical television show, when you watch a newscast, if you've ever been in a studio where they're making a television show, and this was the case when we shot Online Nation. We're like, "Why is the camera so far away? away? Like, why is the camera thirty to forty feet away sometimes on Online Nation?"
1: Well, that's because I mean, for the newscaster thing, you know how would you meet the newscasters at the at the state fair? I mean, I'd wait in line to meet Greg Fishel, the meteorologist. I'd wait an hour to meet that guy, multiple years in a row, and then you get up there and you're like, "I am." I'm close enough to shake his hand and that's too close to a meteorologist. Right. That's too close to to an anchor. But we were like, You know, it's like, I don't want you speaking
0: the news at my face. Right. At a point where I feel like I could smell your breath. But the framing and all that was very intentional, but again, it wasn't this strategy where it was just like this is going to get people to connect with this show in a way that they're going to, in you know, twenty seasons from now, going to write about it in this way that the, the show has been with them through these transitions. We never none knew. of that
1: was intentional. We never knew that that Good Mythical Morning would be a, a life resource for people and that it would be a source
0: of 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 comfort. And if I if you were to go back in time to the twenty twelve version of Rhett and Link again. You oh, gotta gosh. contextualize this with where we were at spiritually, which is very much still believing that there was a lot of hope for us, kind of re, you know, constructing our Christian worldview and still seeing ourselves, for lack of a better word, as like an ambassador for Jesus, right? I didn't know how it was gonna happen and I didn't know what I believed, but I still had this hope that I was like, I'm still in this, Position. I'm been given this platform, and again, we never like talked about spiritual things in like an evangelical way, like trying to change people's minds about their their faith. But it was, but we still saw ourselves as like maybe being in the traditional Christian understanding a light, right? In that way, in yeah. a very particular way, right? Like standing up for Jesus and God's word and that kind of thing, and. If you honestly, if you were to read some of these comments and people are Matt, like. If you were to travel back in time and read us those comments when we started Good Good Morning. You guys helped me with my transition. Uh, and, and now I, you know, I'm comfortable yeah. with the fact that I'm not straight and that kind of thing. It, it, we we would have been like, what, it, what is going to happen? Like, what is this? What is this show going to become? Are we like, is this show going to become like the modern day version of Sally Jesse Raphael or something right. like that? Like, I didn't Doctor, know
1: Doctor Phil and his brother Phil.
0: Yeah, I would not have known how to predict what the show would become hearing people talk about it in this way. Uh, obviously, you
1: might. You know what? You could have sent us emails like these emails are from the future, and it could have just been like, you know, you helped me figure out who my real father is. Like, <laughs> you helped me resolve my paternity issues. And even realize that Maury. No, Polish. this is just <laughs> yeah, our show became Maury. <laughs> it's like that.
0: It could. It could have gone that way. Apparently, like that's how drastic things have developed. And if you had have said no, the reality is, is that you're still. Let me show you an episode from the year 2021, and you would see like. Again, you like uh, communicating the fact that you were literally ingesting ramen noodles up your butthole. Um, it, yeah, so, how so is this it, bringing good into the <laughs> world? How is this edifying people's lives? And it's this—I don't think that particular segment did as you no, acknowledged it didn't. earlier. It didn't. It we didn't. didn't you know that anything. won't happen again. Right. Yeah. Sorry about that.
1: But yeah, it's like we we didn't we didn't calculate it. We couldn't have anticipated it. But we we've experienced personally, the freedom of being more of ourselves um, and and sharing that honestly and not presenting a packaged version of ourselves. Now, we still do that. Even, even here on the podcast, well, I mean, we still, there's things we don't share a lot of times because they're not our stories to share or there's certain aspects of things, but we're, we're so much more free and it's been so much more rewarding to us personally. And, but still it wasn't calculated that, oh, this is gonna resonate with people. Like I'm actually, I. so many people said, I, you know, I figured out my sexual identity and I had the confidence to come out of the closet or to, you know, that type of thing. That's, to, to have that impact on on people's lives is just, is flooring, but even when people say, "You know what I just I learned to embrace my weirdness mm-hmm. it in in that person's life, that's an equally powerful statement yeah. you know it, coming from somebody who is weird, and it's uh, we harness all of this for comedy and for for entertainment value on the show, so it's easy to forget that like it it is a true expression and it doesn't make a difference so I'm really encouraged for all the people who said, you know I'm if, if someone has a problem with me being weird, that's their problem,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. And that's
1: that's the message that we send just because we're comfortable connecting with each other and uh, there's no real judgment there or very little judgment yeah. between the two of us, right? It's, it's mostly a celebration. And if we're not celebrating what the other guy does, we're celebrating the fact
0: that we can turn it into comedy, which is kind of the same thing. Right, I mean, I feel like I am still, I'm growing more comfortable with the fact that this is how people see the show. Yeah. Um, I'll admit that this continues to be, it continues to be a struggle for me. Um, I think that for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, there is just this in the same way that any normal person who did something that wasn't necessarily designed or intended to help someone, and then you hear that it did help them, it's there's just a human sort of like embarrassment about that. You, you know what I'm saying? Like I think that most people are just a little bit like, I oh man, I didn't I didn't mean to help you in that way. Mm. And so I you the fact that you're giving me credit in this way makes me feel uncomfortable. Um but then I think there there's a for me, there's a second part of it, which is um A lot of this kind of goes back to the core of of my personality, the way that I think about things and the way that I think about entertainment and many of the reasons that I got into the entertainment business because I'm a performer. You know, I'm I'm trying to create things that sort of give me a sense of self-worth. We're not gonna go back into the Enneagram episode if you wanna listen to it, if you haven't, you should, but just the idea that I'm much more comfortable with people connecting with things that I sort of do as a performance, right? Like it's like, okay, well, we have a song, we have a music video, we have a sketch, and you enjoyed that creation. The achievement. The achievement. Uh, But when you start talking about how, no, the thing that you're actually connecting with is me, as a person, with you as a person, with the two of us and our friendship and you're kind of moving beyond the performance and the things that we're trying to put out there and the things that are very designed and curated and you're actually bypassing that. Not that you don't enjoy the stuff that we create, but that you're actually having a more thorough and deeper connection with us as people. Mm -hmm. That feels like something I can't control. You know what I'm saying? It feels like something that I can't, Manufacture. it feels like something, I can't go into a room and conceptualize something. It's just like, no, you're just, you're actually just connecting with us as we connect with each other. Um, and that's just something I am continuing to grow more comfortable with as more and more people articulate it. But I'll be honest with you, that it's not a natural thing for me to be okay with that. It's kind of akin to accepting
1: unconditional love. I mean, it's. It, I don't know that it's, I well, at a certain point in a relationship, yeah, there there is this unconditional love that, you know, someone you're bonded to would have, and then sometimes that's maybe difficult to uh to accept. You know, I think it it has been nice to know that like the more that I just embrace my weaknesses and call them uniquenesses, so to speak, it's like I oh, I discover that I'm accepted for and, and celebrated for for being myself you know it's like okay uh, so a casual viewer may think I'm just an idiot but a, a committed mythical beast will celebrate it's like you know what he I want to I want to be more like that in the sense that I might not want to make say that exactly what he said or do exactly what he did but the spirit behind it is something that people celebrate and it it is a freedom that it's like oh these people Mythical beasts know enough about me that, like, I feel safer being myself, even though I know that there's a risk that something might come out sideways, because I know that I've got, I'm under, I'm understood more. So for me, it
0: feels like, uh, it actually feels more safe. Oh, I, de- I, I definitely feel way safer and way more comfortable than yeah. I did ten years ago. I think the the point I'm making is that there's still this in in and, and there there's a weirdness to it, not in the weirdness that you were just talking about, but like there's this thing where even in something as simple as um again, we don't know whether or not we don't know how emotional we're gonna get in the two thousandth episode because we haven't recorded it yet, but we have obviously demonstrated that both of us have the capacity to be emotional <laughs> on the internet, and um. If you think about like, okay, like when we recorded the 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 episode where I got emotional, the most recent one talking about Jesse, right? And it's like there's a weirdness to and maybe this is something, okay, when uh, I'll just be honest with you, when I have seen other youtubers cry, yeah, some are more known for crying than others. I've always had this aversion to it because I interpreted it through the lens of performance. I'm not saying it wasn't authentic, but like, you know what? It was on a video that was being monetized that had ads on it, right? And so, and that's the case with us. Like we get paid, it's kind of a squirrely way for getting, we get paid by the advertisers uh, on Ear Biscuits and that's how we're able to make the show and make it a part of our business, right? And then the more we are ourselves and the more comfortable we are and the more it's like, well, I'm crying right now, not because I want you to see me cry, but because I want to cry. There still is this weird thing that when you are a performer, when you're on camera and now you're in, Do you think about the most successful episode, I mean, I'm talking about Ear Biscuits now, but just as a way to illustrate this, the most successful episode of Ear Biscuits by a long shot is the episode about Ben, where we both got really, really emotional talking about him. And so then if you're only listening to the Smart Fridge out there who's telling you how you should react to mm. the reaction of the audience, the Smart Fridge would say, you need to cry more. Talk about Ben more. You will get more views and more money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It becomes this, I did, That's I'm not, I don't know how well I'm articulating this, but what I'm just basically saying that the more real we get, the more ourselves that we are and the more that people respond to it, it gets very weird for me because I see what we do still in a performance context because the more people watch, the more money we get and the better our business is. Do you know what I'm saying? So those are just things that I haven't quite reconciled. I'm not saying I wanna not be vulnerable and I don't wanna be honest. It's just weird when you put yourself out there and you are accepted and then you're like, well, I can actually benefit quite a bit from being accepted. Yeah. I'm yeah. taking a risk, yeah, but not really because if I'm vulnerable in twenty twenty one it's actually seen as a cool thing to be vulnerable
1: we've yeah, we've crossed that that threshold and now we're experiencing that so now we're knowing what we're having to learn what what the what the parameters for personal health and are and what the what the experiencing that tension and if peop- people say you're so vulnerable. brave,
0: you're so brave for
1: saying that I'm like, right it's like I guess vulnerable can be a manipulation, right? So it's yeah. So that is the you know that that's the trap we don't want to fall into. Yeah, it's like you want to be you want to be honest, but you don't want
0: you don't want to be dishonest with your honesty. Like if I do a tweet, sometimes I'll do a tweet thread that's especially serious about something that I'm passionate about. Yeah, and then ninety five, and the reason I'm doing it. Honestly, the reason I'm doing it is because I hope that there's a Rhett out there, me from the past, and I'm trying to talk to that Rhett, right? I'm saying, hey man, go ahead, come on over because these things you're holding on to, it's not where the life's at, man. That's that's the process, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. But then a lot of our fans who are the ones who follow me on Twitter respond in a, this is brave. You know, I'm. thank you for saying this. Like. And I'm not saying it doesn't help them, but like it makes me uncomfortable because I feel like I'm being rewarded for my vulnerability when I'm literally just trying to say something that will get somebody to think a little bit differently. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So GMM, now, first of all, this is much more prevalent on Ear Biscuits, um, but I think what you were getting at earlier is that All of this thing that's happening, all the stuff that's happening across all the mythical properties, that might be most concentrated in Ear Biscuits, it's spilling over into the way that we approach Good Mythical Morning and the comfort level that we have when we're on camera. We may be doing something really, really stupid and we're not gonna suddenly make Good Mythical Morning into something where we're talking about political or religious things because we're trying to give you a break from all the bullshit and all the conversation to just have a laugh. But we are being more ourselves in that place I don't know, I mean. And we know, we, we've got, we're getting better at turning,
1: like giving ourselves over to that. And that is, a, it's a, that's a performance technique to say with cameras here, we're, with crew in the room, with plans being made and producers' expectations and our own expectations, we're learning to just go into a flow, an artistic flow. And, and it's, so there's, it's still a performance. But it's a, but it's a personal one, and yep. and uh, I'm encouraged that more and more people are noticing, and that the show is evolving in that way. That it, you know, as much as we seem to be dependent on food to get people to click on the show, it's like click for the food, stay for the friendship is like what we started joking about because yeah. it's like there's still a core that in in that comment earlier. I think it was Kirstie's comment about how we're, you know, we've changed so much, but we're still, there's still, we're still who we are. Yeah. So much of us is still the same, Mm -hmm. and our our relationship is still the same in the in the right ways. That like, you keep coming back to that, and and I'm just glad that people see it because we didn't we didn't know that's what we were presenting. And we didn't know this we were creating this environment, yeah, and that that we were inviting this community to be built around the things that are being made at mythical um and I'm just you know the people that are becoming mythical beasts are you know they're they're great people, <laughs> you know they're people who actually they it what they they like us <laughs> too <laughs> it's not they're not great because they like us, but it's um it's it's nice to have people notice those things about you and to, to 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 celebrate who we are, and welcome us giving more of ourselves uh, through the things that we want to
0: create and put out there. And I and I want to take a second to to also say that, um, you know, every internet creator has whatever you want to call it a fandom. You know that ha- is is characterized in a certain way, right? And there are certain f- in, there are certain fandoms that are toxic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the really cool thing about the the vast majority of the mythical beasts, um, at least as far as I've observed it, and especially as I've observed it through the lens of other people. So, like you know, I noticed Science Mike said this months ago, maybe years ago, but the first couple of times he came on GMM. And the thing he said to us is the first thing he said was, he says, your staff is absolutely amazing. I absolutely love coming to Mythical and working with your team because they, and he's got experience going to other places and he was just like, yeah, you're so accommodating, so friendly, so nice and they've Mm -hmm. got their shit together and I appreciate that. The second thing he said was, your fans are so nice (laughs) and encouraging. And he's like, you know, cause a lot of uh, Mythical Beasts have kind of migrated into, to become fans of Science Mike. And so you can see it through somebody who's an online personality, who's fielding these comments and these observations from people to just feel that encouragement. I think sometimes I just kind of take it for granted. I mean, I know I just talked about how if I do a tweet thread, that's supposed to be thought provoking. I'm uncomfortable when people say, thanks for being brave or being vulnerable. I'm not saying don't say that. I'm just saying I'm that's for me to reconcile. but. I don't want that to communicate that I don't appreciate how encouraging and frankly just loving our community is right mm-hmm. it's uh I don't think that that is a characteristic of all internet no fandoms no,
1: if we have the best fans <laughs> yeah i mean we i mean we have the best community of fans, there may be some that match it, but I don't think there's any thats that surpass it, you know and um. I think we wanted, we. if you would ask us what kind of community we would have wanted to build like when we were just getting started, it would be like the most comedically critical people that still like us because right. they will think that we are the funniest thing ever. Yeah. The fact
0: is, we're not the funniest guys ever. We're not. No. I, I really wanted to be, but I'm just slowly realizing that I'm not.
1: Because we're not the funniest, but we're funny, and we're other things too that people uh, people relate to. Mm-hmm. We're we're a lot more just like normal humans who aren't always the funniest, but there are other things too when it matters. Yeah, I'm not going to say that our fans have just noticed that in us, but I think they've inspired that in us too because we've started. We it's a relationship that we've started to understand that there's an opportunity for us to be the best versions of ourselves as we continue to tell people to be their mythical best. Mm-hmm. So we continue to evolve. So many things have things changed drastically since the beginning of Good Mythical Morning. And it's so it's not the stances we've taken as much as it's the honesty in the evolution that we've experienced. Um, as individuals, as friends and also as a community. Yeah. And I'm so I'm so grateful it turned out this way and not how we thought we wanted it to go. Oh yeah. Even though it's still a struggle to think that sometimes when you think about like a particular project we wanna make or
0: and put out into the world, but. Um, I still wanna be, I'm not ever gonna let go of it either because it's pathological or whatever. I'm never gonna <laughs> stop trying to make the best possible thing I can make, but I am very grateful that we have an a community that isn't just concerned with us being excellent. Right? Mm-hmm. And um and and what that might mean, sometimes you create something that's actually not as good as everyone says that it is. Mm-hmm. Um and there's the 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 three inside me wants you to to be to just tell me how it is. Just give, give me the facts, man. But you know what? It's this is probably a better way to live. <laughs> but I I mean
1: I'm tremendously grateful and I think this exercise it just just makes me so glad that that things are going the way that they're going and that the community uh of mythical beasts are who they are and um i just you know 2000 episodes of any show is quite a feat how and, many has judge judy done do we know that? well yeah let's don't bring her into this cuz that that'll blow us out of the water.
0: Yeah, thank you for being here. Whenever you got onto the boat, even if, and I know a lot of people got onto the boat, you got off the boat and you're back on the boat. Uh, come and go, I get it, I'm the same way. Uh, but thank you for, for being here at any point that you have been a part of this thing and the way that you contribute. Say it all the time and we mean it, that we wouldn't do this without you, we couldn't do this without you, and you make what we do Incredibly fulfilling. Yeah, here's to that man.
1: Now give us a rec because it's your turn.
0: Oh yes. Okay. So as we come out of the pandemic and we begin to party once again, if you're going to invite people over to your home to party, first of all, play music. Not you personally. Oh, like if you if you got a gathering of people at your home and you're not there's not a soundtrack you've missed a giant piece of the puzzle. So first of all, rectify that. That's my first rec. The second rec is, without thinking, you need to play a particular band called Krungbin, okay? I'm gonna spell this, if I can remember, you can have to help me, K H R. U U A N B I N? U A G There's a G in there. So just remember the K-H-R to begin. U-A-G-B-I-N, Krungben, it's a Thai word. I, I didn't know this. It's a trio from uh, Texas. Don't let that throw you off because it does not sound like Texas music. They actually resist being categorized because what I would have said is it's just like this, just like funk. It's just, just this groove. They're always in this very intoxicating groove and every single song they've ever made, without exception, is something that you should have playing during a party did I introduce you to them or did you introduce I, me to them because I I, I I definitely found them independently of you I don't know if you inter- I don't know if I introduced them to you but I found them independently uh, like they came up on a Spotify yeah it started getting pushed and then and I uh, was like and every time I heard it I was like man who's this old band who's this 70s ba- is that, that was what I thought like the first time I heard it, I was like oh this must be an old-school band no they're making music now a lot and- of
1: instrumental stuff but then uh, they're getting into more uh uh vocals to and they're they did, doing some they did an album with yeah. Leon Bridges. Yeah. Um the Paul McCartney album that just came out, they got they got a song on that. And yeah. it's, it it sounds like a Krungbin song and it just has a little bit of Paul McCartney vocal. It doesn't sound the other way. Oh right. yeah? Yeah. Well they did it the right way. And then you know what for my party, for my for my my hangout party, like
0: that's all we listen to. We put that playlist on and yeah, the funny thing is, is, I hours. kept asking you, I was like, is this still them? Because I yeah. I, I, would just do like Krungben radio until so it will keep coming back and then it'll start mixing other bands in. You Only them. But it was only them. Yeah. And I was like, how many songs can you have that are just amazing? Krungben. All right, hashtag
1: Ear Biscuits. Next week, we're gonna get into uh, the longest trips back home that each of us have taken since moving out to Los Angeles 10 years ago. Uh, three weeks in North Carolina. We'll catch you on the flip side of that. Mm. Hashtag Ear let's celebrate 2000.